0: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the
1: home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: On this edition of the show, we are going to be talking football recruiting, football open practice, and then wrap with some basketball recruiting news and talk about this podcast. We're going to be super egotistical and talk about ourselves at the end. But Kyle, let's start. Um, We recorded the previous edition of the podcast before UK got a big commitment on Monday. And then before we could get this one recruited... Recorded, They got another big commitment, both literally and figuratively. On Monday, they got a pledge from DeAndre Buford from Detroit, Michigan. He is an offensive tackle, rated um, as one of the top linemen in the country, number 35 overall offensive tackle, according to the 247 Sports Composite. He's got offers from Auburn, LSU, Penn State, Tennessee, and a host of others. And then today, as we are recording this on Tuesday... UK got a commit from Trayvon Ribkin. Ribkin, how would you say that?
1: Ribka. Ribka. R y b k a.
0: You think he's Russian? Could be. He is the number thirty eighth defensive tackle according to the two four seven composite. He's from Dixon, Tennessee. Six four two eighty one offers from Bama, Georgia, LSU. Um, both of those guys are three four stars. They're ranked by four stars in at least one service, but. I mean, this is a heck of a role that UK's on right now, Kyle.
1: Yeah, I put out a tweet earlier uh, when double-checked this. They have 16 commitments now for the class of 2020, and eight of them uh, are four- or five-star rated recruits by at least one of the major services, which is a pretty, by, can, by really any standards, that's a good class, but by Kentucky standards, has a chance to be an all-time class for them. And we've talked about that, but it just kind of keeps rolling that direction. Uh, both these guys that they got this week are from out of state and are considered by at least one major service a four, four-star four kids. Um, and the thing I look at, I mean, if you look at you know, how do you win in the SEC, one, you better have dudes up front on both sides of the ball. Well, they've got a five-star defensive tackle committed out of Michigan, Justin Rogers, a four-star defensive end out of Florida, Samuel and Ali, I guess is how you say his name, a four-star defensive end out of Tennessee, Trayvon Ribka, a four-star offensive tackle from here in Kentucky. John Young, a four-star offensive tackle uh, out of Michigan, DeAndre Buford. So that's, you know, five guys up front total that were four or five-star recruits. And then you've got a four-star quarterback and Bo Allen from in the state, a four-star running back, Juton McClain from uh, Ohio, and four-star receiver, Khalil Branham from Ohio, and, um, so you've got you know your your offensive skill positions in both your lines. You have a bunch of four star kids. That is kind of taking it to the next level. I, just to kind of update in the the national team rankings, Kentucky's class is now twenty second in two four seven uh, and twenty fourth in rivals. Um, and here is the other thing I would look. I just pulled this up as right before we started recording. Um, you know, they've made it a habit to be in Ohio and Kentucky since Stoops has been here to, to do well, and they've continued to do well in those states. But I would also note, and we'll just go through those states real quick, from the rival state rankings. So far, Kentucky has commitments from in the Kentucky state rankings from the number three player in the state, number five player in the state, number six player in the state, and the number 11 player in the state. In Ohio, they have number eight, Torrence Davis, a running back, number 12, Juton McClain, a running back number 16, Khalil Branham, a wide receiver, and twenty number 28, Carrington Valentine, a corner. So they've got uh, the 3, 5, 6, and 11 players in Kentucky, the 8, 12, 16, and 28 players in Ohio. But then I, you know, what's jumping out to me is these other states. In Michigan now, they have the number one player in Michigan, Justin Rogers, number 20, Buford, number 24, a wide receiver named Ernest Sanders. So three top 25 players out of Michigan uh samuel anale a, a, is a top 20 player in florida not very often you're going to go down there and, and pull the top a top 20 player in florida trayvon Ribka, the number 12 player in tennessee and and picked pick kentucky over the university of tennessee they got the number five player in south carolina andrew phillips a, a corner uh the number 31 player in alabama an offensive lineman named joshua jones and then they got a, a linebacker out of georgia top 100 player out of georgia so, you know, I'm looking at this too, just as they are sort of starting to recruit a little more nationally. Um, and I think that's a, a huge thing to kind of not miss <laughs> in all of this. In what is a small class, six, just 16 guys so far, they have players from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight states.
0: I mean, that's a great way to kind of lay that out. And the other thing, as you pointed out, it is 16 players to this point, which isn't a a great number obviously you can sign 25 I don't I think that they're if I'm remembering correctly Stoops said that they're going to be around 20 this year 21 or something along those lines Um, a lot of times UK was higher in these rankings early on because they had a a quantity of guys Um, and while the quality was still good it wasn't like super impressive now it's kind of been flipped on its head with only 16 commitments and to be ranked um, 22nd and 24th and two of the the national recruiting service sites is, is shows how impressive like each individual one of these guys are, and that's that's I think the biggest thing. It's it's kind of it's getting, you know, th- this talent is just being taken to another level, and I, I think the um, the national brand of UK is while we have been talking over the past couple of weeks about the disrespect and you know the no votes in the AP poll came out. Uh, The USA Today rankings, where they had Toledo ahead of UK, but in like football, in the high school football um, offices, in the NFL scouts' offices as well. I'll I'll talk, we'll talk about the open practice in a bit. There were five NFL scouts at UK's practice today, and they were all talking to Vince Mero extensively. So, I mean, in the eyes of people who are inside football, it seems like Kentucky has just taken that step forward, and it's showing, I think, most directly. Um, in the recruiting rankings and the recruits that are picking UK right now.
1: Yeah, I. This is um, this is the bump, you know. And so, the other the other notable thing is just this class is so good early that you can't go out and belly flop, uh, you know, lay an egg in this season where people are doubting you a little bit from the outside, um, and you did lose a bunch coming off the 10 win season you can't come out and face plant for sure. Um, you know if you can get deep into the season feeling with people feeling pretty good about your program still you've got a chance to um, convince as many of these guys as possible to go ahead and sign in the early signing period, get them locked up. Um, what you hope is you don't like I said you don't you don't face plant you know you don't have Tennessee have some great season and you have a major fallback and you lose the kid from Tennessee uh or or people start getting in the the ear of the four star kid from Florida and the five star kid from Michigan uh if you're faltering a little bit and they're in some schools in their own home state uh, are playing well that's that's what's tough about recruiting further and further away from your base uh is you know it's tough to hang on to those guys and they're going to have to go i think have a good solid season to do that
0: well, let's talk about that upcoming season in regards to the open practice that I got to see today. We'll discuss that and give you a quick injury update right after this. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Mark Stoops made the open practice, Uh, to, had an open practice today, Kyle. Uh, I was in attendance. It was, a, it was, a, it, it's tough as we, I feel like we, we talk about, we just repeat ourselves so often, but you know, when it is. UK on UK, like a, uh, in the 11 on 11, it's like, did that guy do awesome or did the other guy just suck? It's always tough to tell. And plus, uh, there's only a couple live periods, so you're really only getting to see five, 10-minute stretches of guys actually doing things, and it's not even all the way live. They're just thudding. They're not taking guys to the ground. Um, and so, but you, you you still gain some insights, and I think um, many people have written about this if you're following along on social media uh, the biggest takeaway is that it looks like Lynn Bowden will be throwing the ball uh, a lot more this season. He was lined up in the Wildcat a lot, and he was chucking it down the field. Kyle, I'm I'm interested to see how that ends up going. If that how much that gets implemented.
1: Yeah, I mean that to me just feels like uh, putting that in front of an open a media a, a group of media that are watching in an open practice uh, feels like making giving the early opponents something to worry about
0: i have Um, a hold on like i i think that you're on you might be on the right track here but i don't think it's like a mind freak from stoops it's just the situation um he said after practice that bowden in the previous practice was sick and because of the heat and i guess maybe trying to do so much too much and they had to give him some fluids, and so he was limited a little bit today. I almost wonder if it's a situation where when they limit him, they just give him some extra reps at Wildcat instead of running him in, in the wide receiver sets. So uh, you know that yeah. uh, that might have been what we were seeing instead. But I do like the conspiracy theory that Stoops is just screwing with opposing coaches.
1: Yeah, because I mean, to me, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a guy back there who could take off and run it, but also throw it, uh, that's actually your starting quarterback. Um, so I don't, I don't know that there's a ton of value in using Lynn Bowden that way with the kind of quarterback that they have in Terry Wilson. Um, but I do think if you're going to have him in the Wildcats, um, um, having that, having it out there that he might drop back and sling one 50 yards, um, makes you respect that a little bit. And if the, the primary reason to put him back there is just to get to him quickly and have him run it, then it's a great idea to, to put it in people's minds that he could throw the ball. But I, you know, I, I, I think we talked about it last year and it may have been actually this year before they got Sawyer Smith. He's a, I think a pretty solid, like break glass in case of emergency option at quarterback. He was a really dynamic quarterback in high school. I mean, he's not a polished passer. It was just a case of a high school team putting the best athlete at quarterback and letting him go. Uh, but he threw the ball quite a bit in high school and was pretty good at it and pretty comfortable in that situation um so if nothing else i think he's kind of an emergency quarterback and i think uh surely if they do use him as a wildcat guy a lot this year surely at at least once he will throw the ball
0: well i'll tell you one thing if he does throw it it's probably going to be deep he was not looking at any of his underneath routes (laughs) he was just wanting to chuck it as deep as possible which was kind of kind of comical and i guess in the in the when you look at it just from like a football standpoint if you're going to throw a bad ball throwing it deep is the best option cuz it's almost like a punt but he was just rearing back and chucking it it was kind of comical cuz every time i mean he took i didn't i should have kept count but at least five or six snaps under there where he threw it and they were all just, just as far as he could throw it, just trying to hit a guy deep. And it was, it was just kind of funny to see a lot of the... I was talking to Sawyer Smith, as you mentioned, the backup quarterback, transferred in from Troy. He's goes, he's just trying to make a play out there. That's his mindset. He's always trying to get it to the house, so it kind of manifests itself by him trying to hit, hit the deepest receiver. Um, a couple other things that I saw, they kind of confirmed some things we've been talking about. Terry Wilson threw a lot to Justin Riggs, Rig. I almost pulled a Vince Mero there and added an S. Uh, really was looking for him. Some of the other wide receivers also, you know, getting a look at them. It looks like they're making progress. Um, Eddie Gran talked about a, a couple guys. And, you know, one that he pointed out that he said hadn't been getting talked about enough was Alan Daly, who's really impressive. He's a big guy um, and did some nice things on the field. But also he mentioned a guy that we've been talking about a lot, the former basketball player, Amon Wagner. And Kyle, he seems when you watch him on the field, like he's fully implementing the the basketball style onto the football field, where he's just kind of getting to a spot, turning. He's almost tight end, being a tight end, just but in the wide receiver spot. And he's so big and so physical, he's just able to out maneuver and then basically just block out the defensive back and catch the ball and, and pick up a couple yards. So it seems like he'll be a nice. A safety valve to a certain extent and then be able to be used in short yarded situations be it at a goal line or just if you're trying to pick up a couple yards on a third down
1: hey man if uh, this is like the johnny juzang hype train i mean i've been on this i've been on this for a while now have i not
0: yes you have
1: i i I, you don't have to convince me i believe he's going to be a legitimate weapon this season
0: and then the other things, the other thing that Grant said afterwards, he was talking about Terry Wilson. He said that he would like Terry Wilson to be a little bit more vocal. Uh, that's something that we've been hearing a lot last season and this season. So Wilson still has some strides to be, to be made in that aspect of becoming a leader. But uh, once again, one of the buzzwords around Wilson was that he's more comfortable with the offense this year and it just appears to be in such more um, control. After practice, I also talked to Darian Kennard, who I feel like is kind of a forgotten dude, Kyle. And it's crazy because, you know, he was an Army All-American. I think he was a four-star dude. A guy that has a ton of talent, is is just a sophomore, and is going to be starting at the right tackle position. And he, he's almost forgotten because he's so good, and they're expecting him to not have a ton of issues over there. And it, it's crazy that you're talking up you know, all these linemen and by the you know, you got five starting offensive linemen and the fourth one that you're talking about on a UK line after you go, oh, Logan Stemberg, preseason all American, Landon Young coming back from injury, I think was a five star in, in one service. Drake Jackson has completely solidified the center position. They go, Oh yeah, there's another four star Army All American on the other side of the line that they also have. That just kind of proves how deep they are.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's been sort of my my uh, main takeaway from this offensive line group is like, look how incredible (laughs) they recruited that position Uh, and they continue to, I mean, we just talked about it. They've they're stocking up again on elite players on both lines in this upcoming class. Um, But they have, I mean, just dramatically in the last three years, four years um, transformed a group that for Mark Stoops, first three seasons, the offensive line was a, was a disaster. Uh, John Schlarman was, was, uh, people were clamoring for him to be pushed out. Um, and then all of a sudden, and you know, I think it was year four, the line played really well in year five, they played really, really well. And last year again, um, they were excellent. And so you're seeing, um, you've seen them just kind of stack talent on talent to lose three starters from last year's team, and to put together a group like you just said—three U.S. Army All-Americans—and and that does not include their best lineman, um, Logan Stenberg, maybe the team's best NFL prospect. Yep, uh, it says a lot. And, and you're right. I think I do think people sort of forget about Darian Kennard. It it, it says in general a lot about how they've um, the kind of talent they've attracted to Lexington. That they could get a a U.S. Army All American at any position on the field, and people forget about that. Like, (laughs) I don't, I'm not sure many people think of Darian Kennard like, oh, we have this U.S. Army All American. We never get one of those. I mean, that's what the conversation would have been among fans even four years ago. Um, and now, you know, you've got three on the offensive line. Cash Daniel was a U.S. Army All American. They may have at least one more out there. Um, But it's it's unusual. These are these are these are different times in in Kentucky football.
0: Let's take our last break of this episode. And coming up after this, we're going to talk some basketball recruiting. You are locked on Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Two basketball uh, notes to get to, but before that, I do want to quickly mention that um, on the last edition of the podcast, we talked about Gunnar Hoke still competing for the starting spot at Ohio State. It was named after that episode dropped that Justin Fields won that job. Not a surprise to anybody else, but just wanted to give a quick update on that. Now on to basketball recruiting. Um, Two notes that came out today. One, Paolo Banchero. I just like saying that name more than anything else, Kyle. Uh, He's the five star uh, six nine forward in the twenty twenty one class. There's been talk about him possibly reclassifying up to twenty twenty. Um but then he announced today that he will visit UK for big blue madness. Um so we get to say Palo for a little bit um which is always fun. Um, I think he's gonna be a superstar from everything you hear um people talking about him.
1: Yeah, we um Brian Bennett wrote a big thing on Palo for uh for the athletic and he talked about Kentucky and Planning to visit Kentucky, and so uh, it's a really good read. And he he is going to be a very, very good player and a cool name. Um, that's all I got on him. I'm not really well versed in in Paulo yet, but uh, I know he's a big time uh, guy in that 2021 class. Paulo, Paulo.
0: Um, then we thought we were going to be talking about Deshaun Nix and the top five that he named which included Kentucky on this edition of the show. But no, Kyle, that plan got nixed. Get it? Mm, mm-hmm. Because then, was it even 24 hours after he dropped his top five, he just committed to UCLA?
1: No, I think it was less than 24 hours. And from everything I gather, it was weird. He included Kentucky in the top five. Kentucky had not offered... It really should have been a top four because Kentucky was the one school in that group that had not offered him a scholarship. Um, and some Kentucky fans may kind of raise their eyebrows at that. He's the number one ranked point guard. You know Why wouldn't Kentucky offer? I think there was a little bit of skepticism of a couple things. One, his game. Uh, he's a really good passer, an elite passer. But there's some other questions about his, the rest of his offensive game. There's some questions about his uh, defensive intensity. Just his style of play, if that was what Kentucky wanted. And the other thing is I think there's been a sense for a while now that uh, UCLA had kind of run away with that recruitment. Um, You know, I tweeted actually earlier today that that it seemed like UCLA was the leader and maybe Kentucky wasn't going to offer at all. Uh, And I think within like an hour of that, he tweeted out that he was going to UCLA. So um, kind of a curious deal. It's not very often that, you know, Kentucky at that position in particular wouldn't offer the number one ranked player. Um number one ranked point guard, but um they didn't and he's headed to Mick Cronin that's the first big 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 fish for Mick Cronin, right I think I think uh, so since he's been out at UCLA that's a good one for him and it leaves some questions for Kentucky you know what are they gonna do at point guard next year um because you know, you assume Ashton Hagens is gone uh you would assume that a guy like um Tyrese Maxey who can play point guard would also be gone I mean he's a projected first round pick um so you know do they is Emmanuel quickly still here as a junior and does he take over um does Kentucky get Jalen Green who's considered a combo guard a top five overall player in the class and and maybe part of the the allure for him is hey, you're probably going to be able to be our starting point guard because I, I do think he's one of those guys who's going to want to play some point guard at least to show that ability to the NBA. Um, otherwise, you know, I don't know. Uh, there was Nix, the number one ranked point guard. Um, you know, after him, Jeremy Roach, who had a Kentucky offer as the, the number two ranked point guard in the class. He's already committed to Duke. Um And then you, you know, Sharif Cooper, Kentucky's in that mix. He's the number three ranked point guard, but he is almost certainly, and and I would almost, I would, I'm very close to saying certainly uh, going to Auburn. Um, And so that's the top three ranked point guards off the board. So what does Kentucky do at that position next year? I I think today's news is not really a big surprise, but it does um, leave a huge question about what, who's going to be the starting point guard for Kentucky um in 2020 it it may be that they're already you know working on a guy in the 2021 class uh to reclassify and you know i i don't know who that would be i i don't know if terrence clark is listed as a shooting guard he's an incredible player arguably the best player or, or in the conversation for best player in 2021 can he play point guard i don't know he's a super 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 athletic dude but uh, I don't know if he's got the skill set to play point guard. I don't know if they if he if he's a guy they could even convince to reclassify so a lot of questions I think for Kentucky at that position.
0: All right, speaking of news, let's get my news out of the way. I tweeted it out you might have seen it. I'm gonna be joining the UK sports Network starting next week. I'm excited about that Kyle get to work with our buddy. TJ Beisner over there, so it's a great opportunity for me, and that means there'll be some changes to this show, um, starting with the second episode of next week. Uh, we'll announce more of that going forward, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up on those things, and let everyone know um, what was happening, and keep them in the loop.
1: I'm gonna miss you, buddy.
0: Yeah, I'll never speak to you again. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, I don't see any reason for us to ever talk anymore, but I will miss you. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been a but it's been a hell of a run, man. How many? So what? How many podcasts did we end up with? I, I think mean, we'll, in between we'll get between this and the the SEC Country podcast,
0: we'll knock out over five hundred, I believe. Well, I will have where you and Joe rotated the SEC Country one. I don't know what our number together was, but this one's over two fifty.
1: <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> that really is crazy so it's been a good run i hopefully hopefully people have enjoyed it and don't unsubscribe because as curtis said uh we'll have a new co-host that'll be here with me and we'll still be doing it every day monday through friday talking <laughs> about the cats <laughs> um and we'll probably we'll probably still invite curtis on and let him let him spew some propaganda
0: yeah, that's right.
1: Some UK propaganda in his new job, but I'm I'm happy for you, dude. And uh, for those listening who who don't know or probably do know, Curtis is the hardest working dude in the entire uh, Kentucky media contingent, and uh, it's cool to see that get rewarded. So,
0: well, I appreciate that. Um, we'll we'll be touching on some things probably going forward anyway. So that'll that'll wrap up the conversation on this show. Uh, We're talking about this stuff, um, the rest of this week and some into next week. So until then, please subscribe as Kyle said, and follow us on social media at locked on UK on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Kyle at,
1: uh, Kyle Tucker underscore ATH.
0: I almost forgot your Twitter handle there. I'm, (laughs) I'm at Curtis Birch B U R C H. Please, share this podcast with somebody else who would enjoy thanks so much for listening guys we'll talk to you soon Locked on Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.
1: All right, man. I just had a tweet pop.